stories like crazy. Because everyone has mental health, and everyone has a story. And sometimes, they're crazy. Join Lori Lane Murphy and me, Adriana Prosser, as we talk about dealing with, struggling with, and managing mental health with storytellers that share their true life story. Get in the conversation and talk with us on Facebook and Twitter, and subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes. Now, let's smash some stigma. This week we talked to Elizabeth, who has ADHD, and would like for everyone to know that ADHD doesn't stop when you stop being a kid. But also, she has challenged her illness to go across the world. Here, let's listen to her story. So on December 27th, 2017, I woke up in the Ban Saladang Hotel in Silom, Bangkok convinced that it had gone totally insane at 44 years old. Three days earlier on Christmas Eve, my husband and I had run away from home to Southeast Asia to spend a year traveling. I had spent the night or day uh, panicking about how long the money we had would last um, and how much money I'd left, wondering if I could beg my mom for a ticket home. and then my, bo- my boss for my job back, my miserable job. So to, to understand how I ended up here, we have to go back and um, to my history. So um, I've always had these labels that people give me. Liz is a trip. She's out there, a little loud, obnoxious, abrasive, abrasive and impulsive. And I don't get her. Brash, hard to understand. So I was diagnosed with a lot of isms that have shaped who I am for so long. I am an almost 25-year sober member of a 12-step recovery program, so we've got the alcoholism, severe anxiety, and such severe ADHD that I have the intention span of a squirrel or Doug from up. (laughs) And some rage issues, as well as other things. So yet here I was, 13,800 kilometers from home, heading for the digital nomad capital of the world, Chiang Mai so many famous travel bloggers and nomads have been there and we thought we could be like Casey Neistat or like Psycho Traveler, who's like my my biggest one. We wanted to share our travels with everyone who would watch and blog and vlog. Yeah, we were dumb. (laughs) I could give you a lot of stories about how the whole year, but we only have an hour. So traveling with all this baggage can make travel difficult and long-term travel almost too much to take. Um, being almost completely broke and worried about how we were navigating and navigating around and, and then traveling in a foreign country where I only spoke a few words, it's even worse, um, especially since it's a difficult word. And this is my ADHD. I didn't let's keep writing from there. So I spent months researching and I, I'm crazy. I will spend months once I'm on something. I'll spend months researching how I can do this. I watched every vlog there was. I'm convinced. I can be a digital nomad. I'm convinced I can vlog and make money. No, they don't give you the downside of that. Um, the reality was we were in Chiang Mai with no money. <laughs> we wanted to become digital nomads and we wanted to work. And, you know, we were so focused on that. I didn't think about the other things. I'm like, okay, my meds, I'll be able to. It's fine. Insecure, neurotic and emotional. Um So we spent January wandering Thailand. We shared it with everybody. The vlog didn't happen because, again, attention span of a gnat. Um, And if I'm on camera more than about a minute and a half, two, I start to wander, uh, which is why all of our 
every one of our vlogs are now one minute vlogs on Instagram because of my intention spent. Um, and at the end of that month, we were broke. I had no job. I, the jobs I'd been able to get writing were, and other writers, freelancers know this very much. They undervalue you. They undervalue you and they will lowball the shit out of you. I'm sorry if you have to bleep that out. No, we fucking swear. <laughs> yes. They, 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 they lowballed the shit out of me. So, I mean, and then we said, okay, frack it. We are going south. We are going to take what the, the $800 we have left, including the deposit for our apartment. And we're going to Phuket. We ended up in Krabi. Just a long very thing, you know. And then we got some money and we kept going. I was so lost and so convinced that we were going to be going home at the end of January when we came into about seven grand um, from, we, we cashed in our SPs. <laughs> we cashed in some of our pension from our company. We found out we had it. And then we're like, okay, we'll take, we'll take the hit because we're not going to make much else this year. We're going home. Might as well have fun. I was so lost that I, I, I went to Vietnam with, we already had tickets because we had to. We went to Vietnam and I really was lost because I didn't know what to do. I was feeling anxious because I didn't have a day schedule. And when you have severe ADHD, you need structure. You need that thing you're going to do. Get up in the morning, make your bed, go to work, do this, do this, do this. You may get a little psycho during the day and you might go off on a tangent like I always do, but you have that structure, homework, meetings, homework, out with friends, homework, play a video game. And I didn't have that, so I was very lost. So my, my opinion of Vietnam is colored based on that. We found a place to settle down, a small little town um, called Hoi An. And if anybody ever wants to go there, I, I, it's just like one of my happy places in the end because we ran into a very nice English couple and we stayed with them for a month at their homestay. Um, but about that time is when the medication started running out. Mm. I had three months worth with me and we were coming close to the end of that three months and I tried to go get it. Vietnam has very limited medications available when you're outside a big city. Uh, oh no, we don't have that there. Oh, Prozac. I don't take Prozac. Mm. And you, the medication I'm on, which is Effexor, which really keeps me sort of even keeled. You know, I, I began to taper thinking I could do it because I'm feeling fine. I got a new job in the middle of all this, which is great. I love the company I work for. They're phenomenal. I actually got hired on permanently by them, um, an American company, which is great. Uh, all the stuff I've ever wanted to do in, in customer service and in marketing and sales support, all in one job. They pay me decent money. I make a lot more money now <laughs> in less hours. But I started tapering medication thinking I can deal with this. If I can just get to Malaysia, Kuala Lumpur, where we were heading next, and then in Kuala Lumpur, forget it, I didn't realize, think about, and I don't think anybody ever thinks about who's on medications, of what happens if you stop taking your medications. Mm. The tapering, um, I can take it once every other day to make it last, and I did, I did this. I'll just get to a major city and get the med medication. No, <laughs> Malaysia is a Muslim country. Mental illness is still not talked about a lot where I was, um, and it gets more expensive couldn't afford it to go to a doctor, so you have to go to pharmacies to get it. My medication, which is normally about 50 bucks here, 10 euros in Europe for a 40-day supply was about $150 Canadian for a 28-day supply. Had to send home for money and uh, I freaked, but I got another, another three days in. Um, luckily, we were heading back to Thailand at that point. 
Thailand is known for medicating everything. So <laughs> everything's over the counter there. Phenomenal. I can recommend that highly to anybody who has any mental health issues. If you need your medications, chances are you will be able to get it. Walk into a Boots in Bangkok. It's there. It's You just pay for it. You pay 75 bucks <laughs> pop. But once I had the medication, the medication problem was solved. What I didn't think about was living in different places and not having the support system and the structure I had in place. I, um, we had a very bad experience driving from, from Malaysia to, um, from Penang, Malaysia, to, uh, across the border to Thailand because we did a land border crossing. They're not fun. Never, ever do that one. Fly it. Just fly it or take the ferry around. <laughs> take the ferry seriously because it, it ends in a bad scene with me having a mad, massive anxiety attack. Uh, flipping out on the guy who's trying to make me pay more to get across the border and like they threw my stuff out of the car and I flipped out and I had to pay him like a hundred bucks to get us back in there I did not tell Wayne that until we were long off of it two days later he saw the upset you know I I just had a massive flit and I spent the three-hour drive from Hat Yai which is near the border of Thailand and uh, Malaysia on the Thai side all the way to Koh Lanta, which is an island, um, one of my happy places. Um, you know, I, I never thought about things like that when traveling, that I would be in these sort of super, super stressful situations where I can't brain. I don't know if anybody understands it, but you can't brain. Um, and with me, I can't. when I can't brain, I can, really can't focus. And then I start to enter these spirals of darkness where I'm just in tears, in rage, in anger, and then you, you just, I'm bouncing off the walls. I haven't slept. It's been a long night. Those bus rides are brutal long, especially if it's a border cross. Border crossings, I will never do again uh, on a bus just because I know the anxiety of crossing a border. I also know the anxiety of my husband being stopped with them suspecting him of working illegally. So that was Cambodia. Um, but then I, I threw myself, we found ourselves in Bangkok at a house sit. We are house sitting some very beautiful babies. My, my, my sassy and my Bella. Sassy's my favorite. Please don't tell Bella. Fur babies? <laughs> Fur babies. My kitties. Um, my kitties away from kitties. Um, and I'd been to Bangkok before, and I'd never, but I'd never lived there. And we were there for a total of four and a half months out of our 10 months away. And that doesn't include the week we took to do um, what are called border runs, which are easy if you're normal. If you're a normal person who doesn't have anxiety issues, border runs are simple or going to the visa office is simple to ask for a stamp. I kept imagining arrests, them throwing us out of the country, them asking us for money, which they can, you know, like in the way of prove that you have the money to stay in this country, you've been here a while. I mean, you know, there's there's moments like like that. And, I, I, and then living in the city with four times the population of the city of Toronto. Wow. Yeah. It, and it's a different kind of situation dealing with people. Um, we'd go to night markets all the time. And I mean, you've seen it. They, they are beautiful night markets. We're all snacking. They're not seeing me flipping out and going all over the place. I can't go into a night market and really start to barter with people. I'm an extrovert, but I can't sit there and, and barter because I get a little anxious that they're, they're trying to take too much off me or whatever. I feel like paying. I honestly feel like paying what they're worth. No, I live with a haggler. That boy has bartered his way to like some great deals. He's phenomenal. Take Wayne shopping with you if you ever want to do it. But I can't just, and he, he doesn't get it. My, my husband's a very normal individual and he doesn't get how I can like, just go ask him how much it is. I'm like, no, no. He says, she speaks English. I said, I know, but I'm trying to do it in Thai and I'm, 
my Thai consists of Sawadika and Kakonka and Non Song, which is one and two, um, and Mang Sari Lot, which means I'm a vegetarian. Um, That's a good one to know. What? That's a good one to know. It is, it is and I, I still mispronounce it because I can't roll my tongue. But, you know, I can't, I can't even... Stuff that people take for granted in Asia is going into the markets and talking to people, but trying to, I, I can't take it for granted. Um, yeah, or, ordinary tasks when traveling are um, crossing borders, um, long stays in airports, long travel days. And I mean, there are long travel days when you're traveling this far and for this long, especially when we're a bus riding or when we're changing countries, like when we were coming home. Um, People take that for granted that you're going to be in the airport for a long time. It can get really overwhelming in an airport for a long time. Uh, because of that, we sit in lounges. We pay the money to go into a lounge where I won't be around the rest of the airport. Um, Istanbul has an airport. It's very stressful. On our way home to Canada from Greece, we had to spend 12 hours in the airport. I took one look at everything around us and I'm like, no, 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 no. We're paying the however much they want. Thank God it was only 30 US a piece. And we spent 10 hours in that lounge and it was heavenly because we had the view of the runway. But people think, okay, I'm gonna be in the airport all day. It's nothing, it's nothing. As long as I've got Wi-Fi access, not really if the airports are really busy ones like in Istanbul or, or Suvambarmi, which is Bangkok's main airport. Um, and I think this is why they made lounges is for people like me or hotels where you can really isolate. I, I, I can't people sometimes. I, I don't know if you'd get what I mean. I can't people, especially when I'm traveling with Wayne. I get more nervous because I'm so, I, I need to have everything just so mm-hmm. on the travel day. My bags have to be here. I have to carry the passports or else I freak out. I have to carry the plane tickets. I have to do this and this and this, or I freak out. This is why we've actually traveled separately a couple of times. Honestly, those days are the best because I, when I left when I left Bangkok, Wayne had been on a flight to Singapore about three hours before me. I was working, so I flew out after him, and um, it was heaven. I mean, I just went to Suvambhumi in my Uber. I hung around the airport for about an hour or so, got to see my first Airbus A380, and just drooled over it because it's the biggest plane in the world. It's beautiful. It's massive, but it was easier without him because I'm not worrying about me. And him, I don't know if you get that. It's just because I get really stressed if I'm worrying about him because I want to make sure my husband's okay and I just have to control that. And it's, it's I don't know if that's anxiety or if I'm really just a control freak. <laughs> and I get stressed out and angry at him and it's not his fault. I just have anger issues. If something doesn't go my way, I get very cranky very quickly. Um, and a lot of people are like, yeah, roll with the punches. No, no, I don't roll very well. Um, but people take stuff like that for granted and what they don't realize is that if you really have the attention span of a gnat and you really have to work to stay focused, um, even on medication, or if you really suffer from anxiety and you just get really anxious in very tense situations, because um, I have other issues on top of those, I have more issues. I have, I have more issues than, than the Encyclopedia Britannia, <laughs> seriously. But I've learned how to deal with those issues sometimes by traveling separate from my husband or lounge access, I will pay. I am going to be paying on my next trip to, to go to the Maple Leaf Lounge, the Air Canada Lounge, because freaking term, Pearson is crazy sauce <laughs> on a good day. I will pay for the lounge access and go early. I will go eight hours early to a flight so I don't miss my flight. This is how 
this is how I deal with it. My brother's like, yeah, I'll just go to the airport like two hours before the flight. It's like, yeah, you have a Nexus pass, buddy. You can walk in whenever you want. I can't. And I'm convinced that everybody's going to like search my bags every time. But it sounds like with the, like that you, you know, you know that yeah. these things are going to happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, they still cause me stress. They still cause you stress, which is, you know, that is a really good ownership of like, this is going to happen. What things, because it sounds like we're already starting to hear, because I, I love it when the listeners can kind of start to like fill up their toolkit with yeah. things that other people have found useful. And so far it sounds like, okay, if, if you know, you're not with your husband, then there's less of stress. you sharing your anxiety onto him, yep. right? Projecting. And then it also sounds like, well, the lounge is a financial hit, but it's good for your mental health and your, your physical state. And it gives free Wi-Fi and snacks. There you go. And, and if you're open. a person who, who imbibes in alcohol, there's also free booze. Ooh. <laughs> so, and, I, and, like, I want to get to uh, the big question of, like, why the hell did you do this if you knew it was just going to be a stressful thing? Because I did But you knew that you were going into this yeah. because you wanted to, yeah. right? I, yeah. yeah. Why, so why, why do this to yourself? I've lived in Toronto almost all my life. I'm from Claremont, which is just outside of Toronto. I've, my entire memory is of Toronto. I've always had a wandering spirit. I wander this city as much as I can, and, and people see that. All my pictures reflect that. I wander my home. And um, I wanted to see more. Hmm. You know, the bug had been hit when I was younger. I used to take little bus rides here and there and wander off. Of course, I was a little drunk at the time, but I'd wake up and find myself in another city. So obviously, I had a wanderlust <laughs> if I went to, if I was drinking and then woke up in Ottawa. Um, that's my reality. <laughs> not anymore, not in 25 years almost. But I wanted to see more than just Canada and the US, hmm. like Canada and Canada light. I wanted more than that, you know, these two countries. I wanted to experience life and I see all these beautiful places that people go and I think that the grass is greener over there. Sometimes I think the grass is greener. It's called a geographic cure. Um, but I'd been ill for several years and I got better and we were like, well, we can do this. And then in the space of a year, we lost three friends and we looked at each other saying, life's too freaking short. If you get sick next time, because this there will be a next time, um, it could hit you somewhere in a different part of your body, which is not going to be a good thing so let's go see this shit while we can i don't want to be in my dotard years wandering around hong kong in a tour no offense mom and mom-in-law <laughs> i want to experience the life in that city even if i know it's going to cause me stress i love this is i love bangkok on bangkok's terms hmm. as long as you just ebb with the flow and understand that every tuk-tuk driver is going to try and say there's nothing down that way come with me i'm like my house is right down this way dude <laughs> um you know, you, you roll with the punches on that one. I have to learn. But I did this because I had to. I had to see what more there was to life outside of Toronto and more than just a package holiday. Mm -hmm. Package holidays are great. I love them. I know you do too. But they're different. But they're different. They are different. But you don't see the world that it is because you're paying these people to fall over backwards to take care of you. And wear their mask. Like, they know that they you're know a tourist, yeah. and they're not treating you like somebody who yeah. is trying to experience the authentic culture rather than the packaged culture. Yeah, I don't like the packaged culture. And in, in, in places like Cuba, you get a lot of packaged cultures because it's all packaged culture in Cuba. Mm. Um, we had the opportunity to be in Spain with family about just after I got married, and it was beautiful to experience Spain on Spain's terms. You know, I, I love it. It's one of the places Wayne wants to go back to, and we're hoping to get there this year. Um, 
my mother and I were supposed to go, but she's decided, nope, 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 I'm okay. So but but it also sounds like you're, you're making these things that um, you're challenging your illnesses, yeah. you're challenging your limitations, and not everybody can do that. So yeah. can you give any a little insight as to how you prepped yourself, knowing that you're staring down something that you really, really want, but feeling the weight of all of the things that, that you feel like you can't do? One of the ways a toolkits, uh, things in my toolkit that's a big one, um, and this is for members of any 12-step programs, find out where the meetings are. Nice. Um, I found myself in Vietnam 500 kilometers and four hours away from the closest meeting. There was a meeting in Da Nang, but he never answered the phone. Meetings, 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 if you're in a 12-step program. That will save your butt. It'll also help introduce you to the culture. Um, if Make sure, the other things I, I now make sure is, make sure you do your research on where can I get my meds? Mm-hmm. How can I get my meds? Is it illegal? Because there are countries in the world where mental health medications are very much illegal. Mm. You do your you do your research and you go to the countries where it's available. Um, you, I, I have to like, I'm horrible with that. I research everything until it's blue in the face, and then research it some more just to make sure. That's a toolkit. That's a piece of my toolkit that's huge. Is I will research the snuff out of the thing until my husband is going nuts with just stop for five <laughs> minutes. Um, I do this because I need to know that I can do this. I need to, I I don't like to limit myself. I've never wanted to limit myself. I've always pushed my body to the limits, pushed my brain to limits because everybody's always said, you can't do this. You can't do this. You can't do this. I'm like, well, I'm going to do it. Hands on (laughs) hips right here. I can do it. Screw you. And that's always been a screw you kind of moment to my anxiety. It's a screw you to my ADHD big time because People like to typecast ADHD as a childhood disease only. Mm-hmm. And it's not. It's very much not. You know, a lot of kids grow out of it. Hmm. A lot of people don't. And yeah. they, we stop talking about it when we're 16, 17. It's like, isn't that a little kid's thing? It's like, no, I'm going to have focus issues my entire life. It works out great in certain occupations. It works out shitty in others. Mm-hmm. Um I take things with me to help me get through the anxiety. Like I've got my little worry ring on right now. I have I have a fidget spinner. All right, Whatever it's a Captain works. America fidget spinner, nice. of course, of nice. course, um, crocheting things like that. But I do the research of what I need to do in case of emergencies. I'm like so crazy about that. I research hospitals and areas just in case there's a breakdown, in case there's something to do, do with where I can get medication. KL, which is Kuala Lumpur, I didn't do that much research on. I think, hey, it's Malaysia. It's just Thailand light. No. Hmm. It's um, the first Muslim country I've ever set foot into, and it's probably one of the most open, most amazing countries in the world, the most multicultural. Um, but yeah, that's all I do is I, I research the hell out of everything. I put those tools in like... Um, I pay the money for a lounge. I make sure I have my meds if I'm gone for a long enough period of time. I always have a three-month supply of me when I start traveling now. Did you ever have difficulty traveling with your meds? Like, do anybody flag your pills? No. No. That's... If you're going to countries where you know your pills, you have, as long as you have a copy of your prescription, mm. um, always have a copy or photocopy of the damn thing at the doctor's office, um, and you take it in your pill bottle. If I didn't have it in those pill bottles, and I also haven't been... I think I was swabbed once, and that was in Turkey because, you know, it's the Middle East, and they're very paranoid right now. They're very worried about, you know, people with backpacks in airports. They swab everything. You see that little machine, like, on Border Patrol. You're scared of it. You don't. Um, yeah, it's my paranoia. 
as long as you have your prescriptions with you, a list of it, and them in the regular prescription bottle. Don't take an old prescription bottle. Take it in its current. Mm, have your name on it. Have your name so on legit. it. And make sure that you are taking the maximum allowable. Mm. No more than the maximum allowable. Yeah. Because there are dogs, like these two right here, that mm. can sniff out money. They can sniff out anything. It's amazing. The dogs in these airports, they just run all around. I want to hug them all. I, God, I'm horrible. I just want to hug all these puppers <laughs> because 10 out of 10, they're great dogs. 15 out of 10, they can sniff anything, uh, money or anything else. And I'm always paranoid. I'm going to get flagged like, you know, like, like I said, an episode of Border Patrol. Um, but you, you have your prescription with you. Make sure you have a prescription copy, copy of it. And if you're going to be away for more than three months, research like um, through TripAdvisor, research through... Um, I'm I'm what's cla- I'm classified now with what's called a digital nomad, which means I have no real set address. All my work is done online. I'm like those guys you see on YouTube, except without the YouTube channel, mm. which really is sucky because I have the YouTube channel and I have no videos except the one I did for you a year ago, <laughs> and another one which didn't turn out too well. Um, but you know, it, so you you go through all those digital nomad channels to find out because there's actually a lot of a lot more people than you think traveling with anxiety and ADHD or depression. Mm-hmm. Um, it's doable. It's doable. It's yeah. very doable. And there are some days I cannot brain on the road. We've had to actually put things off because I've looked at Wayne and said, I can't. Yeah. And it's just like living here. There's days where I look at him, I'm like, not happening. But it sounds like you're really gentle with yourself to, to give your, yourself allowance to be like, no, not today. No, but I will hate myself for it in the moment. I yeah, will. Oh, for sure. I'm there oh, I get, when I have an anxiety or like a sort of, like an ADHD temper tantrum, it's the only way I can describe it, I have temper tantrums. And I'm prone to them. And I mean, it makes me sound like a little kid, but it's part of ADHD, aggressive outbursts of behavior. Mm-hmm. If you're a teacher listening to this, you know what I'm talking about. When the kid just starts to spiral out of control and we freak out and we lose our temper and then everything gets really black with rage, like my rage is black. It is a dark, deep place, and I get nasty. Um, and then I'll break down to tears, and then I'm just wanting to roll up in a ball. And I'm like, I can't brain. I yeah. stop braining. But those are the days where we, we put it off. We've had to put off tours we've paid for. Um, but I'd rather be taking care of me than going out. The only time that I have to suck that up is a plane day, is a travel day, because travel days are because of visa runs or our visas are going to run out or we have just paid a stuffed ton of money to get from one place to the next, get on the plane, and then just go to sleep. Like, I, I just just ignore everybody else. How I'm, do you do it? How do you psych yourself up? Like, what, what's your <sighs> toolkit to be like, no, it's a plane day, I got to do this? Um, the fact that I can't afford another plane ticket. No, I will no. be honest. I will be honest. We don't have much savings now. I work full-time at the job I'm doing. Like I said, I make better money now than I do in an office. In a way, it's good because I don't have to deal with people in an office, but I mm. still isolate. Um, I go it out, fits you. It fits me. Oh, oh my God, this this lifestyle fits me perfectly. When I really want to be around people, I'll go to a co-working space like WeWork or I'll go to another place like, you know, there's places like that when I travel. There's tons of co-working spaces. Chiang Mai is a it's like like I said it is their thing it's their thing there it's also their thing in Bangkok it's also their thing in um in in Hanoi which we didn't get to dang it really wanted to go to Hanoi (laughs) got to Hoi An and Ho Chi Minh City Saigon is not fun at the best of times um but you know I I just look at myself and and Wayne sometimes looks at me and he gets mad he will get mad it takes a lot to push him because he's very understanding he's like you need to get on the plane no 
you need, I'm going to walk away. You're going to come back and we're going to get on that plane. This is why we go to airports about eight hours early, because if I'm going to have a bad day, it's better I have it at the airport and in a lounge where I can be quiet Mm. um, and just isolate completely. Um, I really like that Wayne seems to be able to meet you and that pushes you when yeah. you need to be pushed. Oh, he gets really and bad. support when, you, like, when it needs to turn to a, a supportive role rather than a push role. Like that's something that's built over time. It is. But it's that's taken part 15 of your years. toolkit too, yeah. right? Yeah, having a really supportive partner who's not absolute dingbat crazy like me. <laughs> um, the only other things that I can tell people who want to travel long term with this is that when coming home is going to be difficult. Oh, yeah? Very tough. I'm home now. We thought we were only going to be home till Christmas. It's February. I'm living winter in Canada for the first time in two years, and I don't like it. Um, it's not because, you know, when you're at home and you're home full time, you have like a set of toolkits. You have your friends. And my friends have been living their own lives for the past year and are very busy, you know, best friend with kids, another friend with a with husband. And you're busy. Everybody I know is busy. And it's like, okay. <laughs> It's like you can't fit back into that lifestyle and you have to get that little niche again to sort of keep yourself going. And that was the tough part. I feel like I've isolated since I've come home. But I, I'm slowly getting back into it, like to the point where I wasn't even posting on Instagram for a while. I'm still not really posting where Wayne is actively posting. He's actually done, some, and I will admit it right now, a lot of the posts you've seen over the past couple of weeks have been Wayne. Because, for your two geeks in a backpack. Yeah, yeah, yeah for Instagram. For, on mine, mm-hmm. a lot of them have been him. Because I'll take the photos and then I can't brain. I'm like, nobody wants to see this anymore. I'm home. Overanalyze and, yeah, anxiety. Oh, my God, and anxiety. It's like, nobody likes my photos. And Wayne's like, your photos are amazing. Just put them up. Grabs the phone. Post, post, post. (laughs) But again, that supportive role that he gets to play. And that you get to attack things at your speed. Like how you were saying, you know, seeing the world, uh, seeing like, like Bangkok, as Bangkok wants you to see it. Like, I also feel like you're applying that to yourself where it's like, Liz is going to do this the only way that Liz can do this. Oh, yeah. Right? And and that in itself is, is I, I can imagine, super, super hard because it is uh, an always moving target of, like, what Liz needs. Yes. Right? Yes. Just planning Costa Rica was hysterical. <laughs> but you did it. And I think that the takeaway of this whole story is is that you, you have, like you were saying, like you feel like you have a, a, a list uh, as long as your arm about the, the things that could set you back. Yeah. But that you you did the prep to get you there. Yeah. And then in the moment, you allowed yourself gentleness and space. And you allowed yourself to say no. Yeah. Which is a huge biggie. Because when I went to Japan and I had my anxiety. Because yeah. um, you were saying, oh, I didn't get to, is it Hanoi? Is that the way you, what you were saying? Hanoi. It's and the I, northern capital. It's the capital of North Vietnam. You didn't get there. No. And I didn't get to go uh, one day in Kyoto when it was the 50 degree weather. And I was falling over faint like it was just too hot and I was bedridden for like what like what eight eight hours or something like that we went out as soon as the sun went down we were like vampires because then it was only like 36 degrees instead of 52 and that's life in southeast asia I was crushed by my anxiety because I'm like no we planned this day because again with my anxiety I also enjoy the research and the prep it makes me feel in control of of a situation that's not controllable but I feel like I've done my best and, and then I can forgive myself if something messes up, at least I did my best, right? Um, but it's, it's a control thing. And so when it, when it turned out that I felt like death and I had to sleep for like 16 hours, I was so guilty. 
I felt so like so shameful and stupid like you are here you're spending so much money you're never gonna come back here what are you doing get out of bed and I literally tried to get myself out of bed and it like Jason's here in the room now he can attest to the fact that like I was falling over yeah. it's just like go to bed you idiot like it's not it's not worth you dying over to go see this yeah. gilded uh, castle in Kyoto. Ooh, oh, that one. Know, it's the, the silver and gold ones. Like the ones that, the, that are like super cool and ridiculous. We never got there. And still, like okay. as you can tell, there's still that residual anxiety yeah. of like shame that I I didn't push myself. I didn't go through that. And it's it's the stupid anxiety. Yeah. Because any other person would be like, well, duh, I'm not going to go roast myself. Yeah. That happened to us in, um, we went to Hui. So from Hanoi, from uh, Hoi An, we took the High Van Pass. And if anybody's ever been to Vietnam, that is a great road to drive. Not. <laughs> um, motorcycling up that, it's, it's, it's a seriously high pass. Like, it, you really have to go it slow. But it was fun. And you're crossing from South Vietnam to North Vietnam. And North Vietnam, they still have a lot of resentment in there towards anybody they think is American. Their memories are long. I bet. Very long. I'm like, no, I'm Canadian. Everywhere I'm Canadian. They look at Wayne, they assume American. Yeah. Um, they put patches on everything. They do put patches on everything, and they have very right, uh, very much so a right to do that. No, no, no. I'm saying for me, like, as a traveler, I put the Canadian patch. Canadian flag. patch. Yeah, no, I just... Everything. No, I'm Canadian. I, I take the time to learn the phrases uh, too, that I yeah, do. Yeah. yeah. So we went up to Hue, and I was like, okay, I can do this. And no, I couldn't. Hue is chaos incarnate. Um, because of the traffic. It's just insane traffic. And traffic in Vietnam, there's no stoplights, <laughs> there are roundabouts, and traffic never stops. And you have to sort of push through. And I mean, I got honked at left, right, and center. And I had just a bad experience. We had a bad experience in a restaurant where they looked at Wayne and said, not your kind. Um, and for those of you who don't know my husband, my husband is uh, West Indian, so they meant not black. That really set me off, and it ruined that whole trip. We never got to see the castle in Hawaii. And this is this is the place where the North, this is where the Vietnam War started to push back and started to turn bad for the Americans. Um, this is where they. This is like the whole apocalypse now was based on Hawaii, the battle in Hawaii. Uh. Yeah, so we were actually in that town where all this had ha- happened uh. and gone down and some serious crap. And I had to actually leave. Three days. We got there one night. We were there the next day to go to the uh, the tunnels um, to go see where people had lived during the wars. And we came back. And after that whole incident with that guy at the restaurant, I, I flipped out. I got upset. I was back at our hotel in tears and packing up. We left the next morning, four days before we were supposed to leave. They gave us a refund. He was very nice to do that. I said, I can't take your city. I'm very sorry. I said, I do not want to disrespect your country, but I don't think I could do this. I was in tears. I was like, they're so horrible here. And I I flipped out. They gave us our money back. We left the next morning. Um, They, yeah, they also had a problem with the fact that I'm very, very strict vegetarian. I follow almost vegan principles in my eating, so it did not go well there either. We drove all the way back through the high van pass the next morning in pouring rain on our motorcycle. I'm the driver. (laughs) It's like, it's a a motor scooter motorcycle, but it's still, it's like, it's almost a 200cc. And the first time I'd been on a bigger one like that, and I had to take this pass, we had to actually stop and... Yeah, it wasn't fun. Yeah. Like, but you, know, you did it. I did it. Yeah, I did it. Oh, I totally did it. I mean, I was soaked by the time we got back to Hoi on that night. It's just, it's, it's fascinating. And the thing that, again, I just want our listeners to take away from is, holy crap, you still did it. Yeah. 
And, and, and I'm not done. And you're not done. And the fact that the other thing that's mind-boggling to me and, like, the, the anxiety side of me is hearing you being like, why, crazy? Why? Why do you do Because like, the ADHD side says no. And it burns. It's because the hyperactive attention deficit or disorder part of me says, I don't remember this. This obviously won't do it. I have, like, the attention not the attention that you can push through that pain. You can push because through the hair. frustration. Yeah. Right? And that that you that this is on Liz's terms that Liz is gonna do this like it's my way kudos, or the highway man fucking kudos that there's a lot of us that ask me about access that now, now let's see how I feel after Los Angeles well this is the thing is that we were talking earlier yeah. off, off the record that that you your next trip you're going to Costa Rica with your husband yeah he's coming home you also have um, a solo trip plan which I'm is thinking yeah yeah like I let's see if I actually go through with this but I'm gonna go to Los Angeles. No way, man. Solo trips, like you're not gonna go visit friends. You're just going on your own. Yes. Wow. I am gonna end up at my office later on that week. Like I'll end up in San Francisco, which is, my company is based out of Katati, California. So it's like in San Francisco. Um, but I've always wanted to go to LA, man. I wanna to go to La La Land. I wanna run it. Sure, in, I, sure. I've learned how to run in the past five years. I'm like, you know, I'm not the fastest runner out there, but man, running in Malibu? Hell yeah, okay. on that beach. I don't have a, I may not yet have, I, I've, Gained a little weight lately. I may not have that bikini bod of Cali girls, but I'm going to go running on that goddamn beach. Yes, you are. And I just, I find it fascinating. And I want to go to Doomies, Doomies in Los Angeles because that's the original Doomies. Ah, yes. For the vegetarians in the crowd, you need to try Doomies in Toronto. Not so much because they actually had, they got in a little trouble for some of their food having lactose in it. No, Doomy say it ain't so. Their secret menu uh, Big Mac burger is amazing. It is. Um, thank you so much yeah. for sharing the up and the down and some of your toolkit. That's thank you. And um, no how are we? How can we find you? How can we follow the traveling? Well, uh, my Instagram is runner aka Elizabeth. Um, Wayne is at Wayne Cuff. Uh, our Twitter account is at Two Geeks Travels, and my Twitter account is at EA Cuff. I don't give out our website very much because, on honestly, on our website, it's literally the first blog. At, it's ADHD, guys, at its finest. I have a website. I pay for it every month. It looks beautiful. It looks lovely. There's one article on it. <laughs> Somebody needed to hear that. Somebody needed to hear that. You know what? Sometimes that obstacle is just harder to push through than others. It's our, I mean, we do have a YouTube channel. It's literally got a video I did for Adriana about a year ago. And it was great. It was good. It was good. I was, it was Sailor Moon. Um, but uh, And then my own Twitter account, at your own peril. There's a lot of political stuff on there, at EA Cuff. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the two geeks in a backpack is the idea of you guys traveling. That's the one Traveling, because we're, we're geeks. Yeah, the, if, you look, if you look for runner, AK Elizabeth, or at Wayne Cuff, on Instagram or just hashtag the number two geeks in a backpack. You nice. can find us in our traveling companion, Groot. Yes, Groot. Groot, yes, yeah. he did not come with me today. Big, big, big geeks and really great mental health advocates. Um, thank you so much for sharing Yay. your time today. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud. And keep the conversation going. Find us on Facebook and Twitter and let us know what you think. Until next time, your story isn't over yet and we want to hear it.